Welcome to the weekly podcast all about turning the great American RV adventure into stress-less camping. Each week we explore tips, tricks, ideas, and destinations and talk to the happiest campers in the RV world. Pull up a seat at the campfire as we enjoy some stress-less camping. Ooh, stoke up the campfire. Yeah, boy, isn't that the word. I'm Tony. I'm Peggy. And we are two chilly RV industry veterans <laughs> who travel part-time. In a small trailer. Looking to share big adventures and help you with great tips. Tricks. And discounts. Thank goodness we have a good heater because yeah. Georgia's chilly, guys. Yeah, it's so weird. I thought it was going to be hot here. <laughs> it is we not were, hot here. Yeah, we were supposed to, or we were at least thinking, hey, we're going to be using our air conditioner, testing that out on the power package. No, no, no we've been running the heater. It's it's pretty chilly. But so what? Uh, we're complaining and we shouldn't be because we are at the FMCA hundred and something. <laughs> 106th International Convention. Yeah, in Perry, Georgia. So we are here uh, on the lawn. We are in the non-generator parking. Yeah. Us and one other rig. Right. <laughs> Funny enough, right next to us is the full all-time generator parking. So that'll be interesting overnight to see. Air, I mean, not far, not close, but... We'll see how it is. Yeah. If we hate it, they told us we can move. Yeah, you said we can move. <laughs> so it, it's no big, we have wheels, we can change our neighborhood. And that's, that's one right. of the beauties of being in an RV. But right. yeah, the FMCA, if you're here in Perry, Georgia, come on by, you'll see our rig is on the north side. We have a Mastervolt flag flying right now. And one of the few mini lights, although I saw at least one other one so far. Yeah. So there's that, and here we are, looking to learn and share and meet more new people. They've really stepped up, like they have a whole friendship area, and there's like board games, there's giant checkers, puzzles, all kinds of stuff for people to do to meet one another and spend time together. It's really well done. Yes. And since we're here, and some of you that are listening are here, <laughs> <laughs> We are going to have a little gathering, a little mini gathering in front of our mini light. Yeah. <laughs> it is on the way north side. We're almost completely by ourselves. I'm just trying to help you find the way to find us. <laughs> kind of close to the entry gate. Not the walking through entry gate, but the drive from the street. And we will do that on Friday, St. Patrick's Day. Bye. From 5 until 6. Come hang out. Drink well bring your own green beer <laughs> wear green or else we'll pinch you i don't know what are all those things for saint patrick's day we will you know kind of stop at six because that way we can get our dinner before the evening's entertainment so come on by we will post this in all the places so that yes. you can remember and including if any of you are using the app for the event i will somehow put some kind of a note in there too Ooh, sounds like fun. Oh, that's the other business. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of non-generator parking. Yes, we are able to do this thanks to our power package that was put in by ABC Upfitters. And it has enabled us to, in fact, today is a happy sunny day. Yes. Even though it's cold. Right. And overnight, we are going to talk more about this, but I left the Starlink running overnight 
which meant the inverter was running overnight, which meant we were charging our laptops overnight. <laughs> and we dropped down to about 50% state of charge. Well, we're recording this the next day, obviously, and it's pretty sunny. And when I looked last, we we're at 78%. Yeah, so it was, it's, it's about noon, so it's yeah. gonna be probably fully recharged by the end of the day. It, it is bright and sunny. It's beautiful. If you look outside, you think you don't, you want shorts, but there is a cool breeze that is keeping the air chilled. Oh boy, is there ever. Which means we won't need to test our air conditioners. No, but anyway, the, the system has just been performing so well. I know last week we talked about we were the only ones with power at Peggy's cousin's house. Yeah. And here we are with uh, one other rig, completely off the grid and it's quiet and wonderful other than the big rigs that are coming in because we're right by the entrance. Yeah, we're... But we've been just really happy. And if you would like a system that works well so you can camp off the grid, ABC Upfitters just does these engineered solutions using Masterbolt power systems, and we've been nothing but thrilled. We have a guest today that goes off the grid and goes to music events, which is super fun for me. I loved speaking to him. I follow Road Trip Mojo on Facebook. We got a chance to talk to Jeff, so let's hear that. Yeah. We have the privilege of speaking with Jeff Zabar from Road Trip Mojo today. Jeff, welcome to the Stressless Camping Podcast. Thank you for being here with us. Thanks for having me here. It's a pleasure to, to be on board and to be at your campsite for the day for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> well, so if you would, let's start at the ground level. Tell us about Road Trip Mojo. Yeah, Road Trip Mojo is a social, it, it's really a community that a buddy of mine, lifelong buddy and, and now camping buddy and festival buddy, Barry Bluth, uh, he and I were born and raised in Hollywood, Florida, USA, actually born in the same hospital. We're, we're those natives that uh, the older we get, the fewer we are here in, in Florida. <laughs> you know, we're the original Florida man. <laughs> we're longtime friends. And one day he's a dentist and I was in his chair and he happened to tell me I'm, I'm his wife and he were going on a going to a music festival. And they said the name is called the Lockin Festival. I'm like, Lockin Festival? I want to do that. I had never heard of the festival before I sat down in his chair. And we ended up going. This is like this is like eight, nine years ago. And it was a camping for us. It was a camping festival. So we tented and we had, you know, we went car camp. So you had your car there. You had the power of the car. We didn't have generators. There was no other power. But, you know, they had showers and things like that. And it was just a great way to do a festival, especially since a lot of these festivals are in remote areas. So there's not a lot of hotels to, to stay at and things like that. And it just, it got me into the festival scene. It got me and my wife into camping and RVing. And it's been a heck of a ride ever since. We just got back from one this weekend called the Okeechobee Music Festival in Okeechobee, Florida. So, you know, the, the winter is over. So the festival season is uh, getting into stride here. <laughs> Well, the winter's over in Florida. I'm not yeah. convinced it's go. true there everywhere, but that, yeah. that's okay. But for anyone who has not been to a multi-day music festival, tell us what to expect and what what they're like. How long do we have? Let's schedule it now. Yeah. We'll, go for, we'll go for a spell here. A multi-day music festival, imagine it's... Now, they, they do them in, for example, the city of Atlanta and San Francisco 
and a number of large cities put on multi-day festivals. But these are what we would call urban festivals. They're in a city center. You know, they have them in, in Atlanta at uh, Centennial Park, which is, I guess, downtown. I'm not really familiar with, with all of Atlanta, but they have them. And so there you'd stay in a hotel. But talking about camping festivals, they're usually yeah. in remote, more remote areas where they can accommodate. They need a couple hundred acres to put this on. And you can be at tent camping or you can be RV glamping. And they usually have accommodations for each. So tent camping can be anything from a campsite, a campground that we go to up in Live Oak, up in the Panhandle of Florida called uh, Spirit of Swanee Music Park, has 800 acres. They ha It's a campground that puts on music festivals. So they have full hookup 30 and 50 amp um rv sites deep in the woods like they're they're plotted sites but they're wood covered with with live oaks and the like and then they have primitive sites where you first come first serve you drive into the woods or you walk in and you pitch your tent or you pitch an encampment of tents and a lot of people will do that that's part of the glory in the community of festival camping is you, I will go alone, gladly go alone and pitch my tent somewhere. And because I know a lot of people at the fest that I go to, or we'll go as a group of five, 10, 15 people with several campers and tents and whatnot. So the experience is you go, you tent, you bring your own food. Uh, they have food merchants there, you know, food vendors as well. But you go and you enjoy the experience and you go back to your, usually at some of these fests, you can, you, well, with all of them, you can come and go to your campsite. Um, and it's close enough that you're not going to be walking for miles to get from a stage to where your campground or your campsite is. So you want to go back and right. rest. You want to go back and cook food. You want to go back and chill. You, you know, go between shows. So, and it's the best part about it. And Barry would agree. The best part about it is the community that you build in the process. Because like I said, I'll go to these, some of these festivals and my wife will say, you're going alone. Aren't you going to be lonely? And I'm like, no, I have people that I've met along the way <laughs> that I'm going to see. <laughs> hundreds of people there. Yeah. And, and, and you make for the, the people next to you become friends. You know, it's, it's a community of campers and anyone who knows camping aside from those few bad apples or, or, you know, bad eggs as it were, just not mean people, just people who aren't as community minded as very, very minority of folk like that. I mean, this is like, this is camping at its finest, you know, it's camping that has a better soundtrack. Like we say with road trip mojo, <laughs> it's camping with a better playlist, you know? So, and that, that's what it's all about. And yeah. it's for all comers. That's true. In like campgrounds where, you know, everybody is there is there because they want to be in a campground, but even more tight knit or whatever is music festivals. Like you don't just happen to accidentally end up in the middle of a music festival. You go there because you want to be there. Right. And that you, makes exactly that much more camaraderie. Yeah. And from what I've found, having been to a few and camp, Gosh, even as far back, I camped in the back of my, was it camping or just passing out? But I was in the back <laughs> of my pickup truck with a camper shell. Been there, done that. Yeah. And usually you're there with the commonality of whoever, whoever the band is or whatever the style of music is. Right, right, right. Exactly. And on that subject, what type of music are you finding a lot of times at these events or is there something for everybody there's fest for almost everybody i you know i mean you're not going to find and i'm not I'm, i say this for for effect but there's certain ones you're not going to find you're not you're you're not going to find you'll, you'll find some for example oldies they also do festivals on cruise ships so they have one called jam cruise which is a cruise msc cruise line oh. as there's a genre of music called jam band okay so jam band was the grateful dead it was the allman brothers originally and so there's a whole 
cadre of bands that have have filled that space even the grateful dead it's not the grateful dead anymore but it's called dead and company since jerry garcia passed but yep. there's a whole group of bands that have come behind them so there's there's the jam fest there's the blues or excuse me jam cruise there's blues cruise so to speak which is blues music a uh, girlfriend of ours just got <laughs> off a cruise it was a disco it was like a 70s disco cruise now that's that's cruising yeah. that's not camping but I just got back to one we did this weekend. Okeechobee Music Festival was more of a electronic dance music, had some hip hop in there, which is not my genre. Some of it is okay. It, it, it drew a heavily younger crowd, anywhere from the late teens through the 20s to, to early 30s. Barry and I were not the oldest, but among the oldest minority who were there. But they had a couple <laughs> of jam bands and they had Earth, Wind and Fire, which was a, a great act. Oh, they, they're, oh. yeah, they're perennial. They and the band that we saw called Goose were really outliers for the genre. You know, they, they didn't fit in, in the genre, so to speak. But the ones we go to mostly are jam jam bands uh again there's there's bands like goose and talk t-a-u-k talk and there's a band called string cheese incident puts on a big festival called Halloween, which is a halloween themed festival that gets twenty thousand plus people up to spirit of swanee park all there for the same thing just to hear some great music and have a great time so you know there's a lot of websites out there that that cover these and cover the festivals and if you just googled or searched music festivals online and then did it by location. They're all over the country. They're all around the, the, you know, the calendar, so to speak, obviously, like you alluded to earlier, there's not a lot in winter Florida gets some really good. <laughs> we do a lot of bluegrass. I've, I've been turned on to bluegrass over the past three oh. or four years. Then there's a genre jam grass, which is like Billy strings. If you've heard of Billy strings, he's just broken out. He's a, he's late twenties, really talented bluegrass player, but he, but it's jam. So it's very psychedelic. Well, some of it is very with a light show and the sound, but it's still five piece stringed instruments playing bluegrass music. So there's all these different shows nice. depending on what music you like. Mm. And for yeah. the most part, these festivals now, they anticipate that you are camping there in whatever method you camp so that you can listen to the music. Whereas back when I, like in the 80s, I would go to Grateful Dead shows <laughs> and we would just sleep in the camper in the parking lot. It was there like incidental camping. We were there for the shows, but then we camped so that we could get to the shows. Get, but get to, right. what you're talking about is more more of a all integrated, like you're there to camp and listen. Absolutely. It's not like a, two separate things that happen to be there at the same time. Oh, no, no, no. This is all woven together. You buy your campsite. I mean, with some of them, like, again, I, I mentioned Spirit of the Swanee, the, you know, often because it's really the we're down in the, the, the heel of Florida all the way in the south. So it's a six hour drive for us to get to that one. And that's one of the closest venues that's putting on music all the time. So I just mentioned them, for example, by example. But, for example, they're a big park. If they have a festival weekend, there is no other camping going on. You are, for the most part, right. you're there for it. And they don't, especially their popular events, they don't sell campsites if you're not there for Halloween or for what used to be Wani, which was a festival put on by the Allman Brothers. You get there and and typically when you buy your ticket at one of these festivals, tent camping, as they say, primitive camping, is comes with your ticket. So you find a spot because they're okay. also not... A lot of them are not plotted out like at that campground. The one we just went to, they put you in a big field and it's row by row of tent and you have your car beside yeah. you. So tent, 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 you know, just in lines where Spirit of Swanee, 
you find a pitch in the woods and that's your, that's your site. So it's very much right. an, an integrated, to use your word, sort of an integrated experience where you are there to, it's a camping festival. The experience is, is that's what it's for and with all the other people. And they have all the things that you would need. So it's not like you're, you got to lug all your own ice and, you know, your food. If you don't have, there's, like I said, there's <laughs> food vendors on hand. Um, they sell, they go through literally tons and tons of ice, uh, depending on the temperature, you know, the time of year. <laughs> but tons of ice. And, and, you know, you had spoken, you've had partners on your show that speak of generators and solar and things like that, that those really elevate the experience for those who may not be hardcore campers, but they also know there's certain primitive accessories or technology that will elevate a primitive experience and, you know, be able to charge your phone or be able to, you know, keep a cooler cool, you know, whatever. Um, like when the, one of the new Dometic coolers that you are able to, it refrigerates or freezes. So there's a lot of different technology yeah. that comes to bear as well, but it's all about the camping and the music. Just on a, an aside, since I like gadgets so much, it's amazing how far we've come with the gadgets to where, yeah, you can have a full-on refrigerator with you and charge it with solar panels nowadays and bring a portable toilet. And I mean, okay. it's even primitive camping, depends on your style, right? right. But even primitive camping can be pretty fancy <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah like we say you know we do tent camping and rv glamping is kind of one of the lines we use which is you know nothing you know everyone's heard the the, the concept of glamping and a lot of these places they have you know they have rows of portalettes if you need them like at the show but where we were yesterday they have the air conditioned, you know, the trailers that have commodes and have showers. And so, and some of that oh. is a VIP experience. So you have to pay a little extra for it. Some of it isn't okay. showers. You may have to pay for, if you're not doing VIP, you want a shower, you may pay, you know, five, $10 to take a hot shower or something. And, and a lot of people don't care, you know, it's, especially if it's cool out, you know, you may not need to shower for <laughs> two days because you, you may be dancing, but it's not like, your, your sweat and buckets. It was warm this weekend. It was unseasonably right. hot in the right. high eighties, low nineties, but a, a lot of them, like the spirit of Swanee park that we go to again, it's an 800 acre campground. They have bathhouses all around and they're, they're none of it is, is mm -hmm. off limits to anybody. And, and just so we're clear, I do not have a partnership with them. I'm not a shill. They don't pay me to mention their, <laughs> mention their name. It's more an artifact of the, the one that we go to most often. And they have a great thing going on. They get great right. shows. They have great facilities and it's a great campground if you're not going to a show, but it's best if you're, if you're camping more to get into the public service side of this, if you're thinking of doing a music festival, do your research, know what you're going to experience. Because if you're not going with an RV, like my wife won't tent camp. Uh, we have an RV for, or we have a, uh, you know, a coachman uh, travel trailer for a reason that she wants the, the, the little luxuries of, of a hot shower. You know, she'll, she'll use a commode if she has to out in, in the public grounds, but that in her bed, she doesn't want to be sleeping on the ground, even on a cot in a tent <laughs> where I have a tent. I have a, a truck tent from right line that I put over my F-150. And sometimes when I go camping and if I'm going solo, I'll, I'll truck camp, you know, so, and I'm totally yeah. comfortable doing that. I'd rather do that than lug the, the trailer, you know, six hours for me to be solo in a trailer, but do your research, right. know what's out there, know what you're getting. Are you going to, will you have showers available? Is there nothing? Are they there for fee? If it's a more primitive type experience, can you buy an elevated VIP experience? We were, the festival we were at this weekend, and I've seen it at other festivals, they set up rows of yurts 
And they had another one, and I don't have the name of it. It's in my notes. It was a sort of like a, uh, what do you call it, geodosic or whatever dome. It wasn't full dome, oh, but it was, oh, yeah. and it had AC and power, okay? And they had they had power running oh. to it. So it, it was really a tent, but it had almost like uh, reflectix. It was almost like made of reflectix, so it reflected the heat. Oh. Keep the cool in. You saw uh-huh. the two big pipes coming out for the air, for the air intake and the air outflow, for the, for the air conversion, wow. for the AC nice. in there. And that's a VIP experience. And the guy said, someone told us they paid like $1,100 for the weekend for it. um, And you could split it with, you know, I think two people could could do it or something like that. I forget what the cost was. But if if you call in advance, look, I don't have an RV, but I don't want to sweat in a tent. They might have VIP sort of glamping type experience for you. So just do your research. It's all out Man, there. Right. Music festivals have changed since I've been. <laughs> I mean, I, I yeah. used to go when I was a young lad. It was essentially a more elevated experience if that's what you choose, or just tents and music if that's what you choose. Right. Are you yeah. finding younger people or older people? I mean, are is there such thing as, oh, I'm too old to go to the music festivals? Or There's a meme it's not mine. This shows this older couple, what they call on the rail. So at any concert or festival, if you're up against the rail that's right in front of the stage, you're on the rail, so to speak. So it's this older couple okay. on the rail with a bunch of kids raging behind them. And they got to be like in their uh-huh. late 60s, early 70s. And it says you're never too old for a music festival. And that's the first thing I would tell anybody right. who's listening. Look, is someone going to want to go to a, if Taylor Swift was playing at a music festival with all screaming kids around you or the RD, the EDM, you know, the electronic dance music type festival that I was at this weekend, that may not be your bag. But I got to tell you, I go to some of these bluegrass, bluegrass, folk, Americana. It could be have a, a band with percussion, you know, drums. It could be just three or five stringed instruments. It might be folk where it's just a guy or a gal on a guitar. And I've seen everyone from grandparents pushing strollers or leading toddlers by the hand to everyone in between, you know? So again, it gets back to the research of what you should do to know what the festival is. If you know, if, if it's a genre you like, first off, nobody has ever given Barry and I were having a conversation because we were, we could have been grandparents to some of the kids at this festival. And I don't feel old. We posted also people, people in their fifties plus tend to think of themselves as 20 years younger than they are. But I don't know that other people looking at people in their fifties or sixties think of us as 20 years younger than we are, (laughs) but we were at this festival. No one gives it a hoot. No one gives you grief. No one says, Hey, old man, get out of the way, you know, because we're enjoying it. And and it's that community we spoke of earlier. So, you know, know the music. If it's, if it's music you want to see, uh, we say seeing the music, but if it's music you want to see, then no one's going to give you grief. Just do your research if you want to find, and you'll find, I think people will be surprised how many festivals um, there are around the country and around the world, but around the country, the U.S. specifically, that there's a festival that was held recently. It was called Gems and Jams, like jam is in music and gems is in gemstones. I think it was like mm-hmm. in the Southwest. And so for people who were into rocking and rocking, so to speak, you know, if they were into gemstones <laughs> and, and that, I, I didn't do it and I only read about it, but there's anything that you want. There's a beautiful festival coming up in Kentucky and I think it's either late June or July. It's got country music. It has some bluegrass. It's relatively small couple, I think like 3000 people. You can also go by size. You know, if you want to go to a huge festival like the one we just did or the Halloween festival or Bonnaroo, 
up in, in Manchester, Tennessee, that's during the summer that brings a wide variety of music from pop to hip hop to EDM to jam. But there's going to be tens of thousands of people. I think, I don't know, 80, 80,000 is the number that they bring. We've wow. seen people coming away from that fest looking not shell shocked, but looking like they just spent five days <laughs> in a music festival and, you know, young kids coming back. <laughs> I would, if we limit the festivals based on the music that we like, and we don't do a festival just to do a festival, sure. you know, it has to be something that we enjoy. Right. Even right. this one, it had a couple of bands, Earth, Wind and Fire and this jam band goose and then the scene. And it was a 90 minute drive for us to get there. So that's when they're that far away, typically like, you know, a six hour, eight hour, 10 hour drive. You know, if we can get them close to home, we like doing them close to home. So sure. it's a lot of fun. Of course. Yeah. yeah. That one you talked about, rock and rock, that sounds like the kind of thing that might happen in Quartzsite, Arizona. And we know that there's Schoolie Fest yeah. in Quartzsite. And it's like a, I mean, they're, they're open to anybody, but it kind of started with converted schoolies. And yeah. like one of the schoolies has a stage on the roof and that's where the you know, the performers get up there on the roof and perform. And yeah. so we didn't get to go, but we met some people who were performing yeah. and we saw some pictures. And now next year, we're going to make sure when we're yeah. in the court site that we get out there and hang out at Schoolie yeah, Fest. Yeah, because there was some <laughs> great, I mean, we've seen videos of this Schoolie Fest and there were some really terrific performers there. And it's just in the desert. And yeah. Quartzsite is a lot of kind of pop-up stuff, but that's sort of like what, these music festivals are except more organized. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and that's what it is. I mean, you know, the festivals are very, I mean, these are, you know, some of the live nation puts on festivals and the one we just came at, came back from was a, a, an organization called insomnia, which is what you better have. If you want to be doing a music festival, going to three, four <laughs> o'clock in the morning, one of the bands we saw went on at midnight. That's the only reason I could make it on Friday. I had a commitment until like eight o'clock Friday night drove my 90 minutes oh. got there and i was i was in front of the stage for a midnight set in that respect it's a it's nice. a younger guy and gals uh, scene sometimes but yes and you'll see we didn't even mention you know you'll see everything from microbuses to beautifully decked out schoolies to a schoolie that's just an old school bus that's been semi converted to make it livable <laughs> as you know with any of these you can spend as much as you want to spend on a conversion or on an yeah. RV, everything from sleeping in the truck, the, the bed of my F-150 to driving a, a million dollar diesel pusher that with all the electronics yeah. and all, and those will show up at festivals. It, 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 no one need feel out of place at a festival. If you just have the spirit That's awesome. to go do that, because no one's going to give you grief. I mean, you have to be smart. You have to be safe. You will get there. Uh, I'm in a band and my keyboardist, I saw at the festival this weekend and he, someone picked his phone out of his pocket and it happens. And he, uh, and, uh. and even if he happened to lose it, give him the benefit of the doubt that he's telling the truth and it, someone picked it, even if you lose it, it happens. And people were complaining that there, there were pickpockets, as I call them, little, little trolls about, you know, going to pick your, pick your pocket. So just be safe. You lock your stuff up, you put your phone in a fanny pack or deep in your pocket, you keep valuables in your car and you keep your car locked. You know, there, like we spoke before, there are, there are all kinds of these, but I would say 99% of the people are good. And you're surrounding yourself with good people. You watch each other's backs. And I'm not trying to put you know, the, you know, fear in people, but you just be cautious. But I, I never once have had anything stolen at a festival. I have woken up in the morning and had what we call a wook. A wook is a, a festival. Uh, it's a guy or a gal with long dreads and they just, they just fit in the scene. They're, 
they're, they're jokingly, they're good people. They just live the festival scene. They would have been road tripping with the Grateful Dead back in the day. <laughs> and I woke up with a wolf sleeping in my hammock. And it's all good by me. He's just there. You know, he woke up. We woke up. He said, okay, thanks. And went on his way. You know, you'll find him in your chair. You'll find him in your hammock. <laughs> just, you know what? My, my, mi casa, su casa, if you're, you know, you need a place to lay and, and sort of sleep it off and wake up in the morning, go about your business, you know? So it's, it's full of good people. Yeah. And you have to have the right attitude. You can't go there and say, you know, you can't, you have to have an open mind. And I, I don't mean that to say yeah. that you have to think broadly about it. You just have to be the character who would enjoy your time at a music festival. And I think if you, if you're on the fence, yeah. try a small one, you'll find them. Like I said, you'll find them all right. over. You'll find them nearby try a small the bluegrass fest. I do. They started, they were like 2,2500 people. Now they're getting up there because people have been exposed to bluegrass, you know, players like Billy strings and there's infamous string dusters. And there's another band leftover salmon that are all getting into this, not getting into, but they've been playing bluegrass and folk and Americana and, and the American consciousness has kind of woken up to all these different genres that we didn't think it used to be just classic rock. Now there's so much out there and just find a good small yeah. fest and touch your toe in the water. And I'm, I'm sure you'll be swimming soon enough. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. That sounds great. Yeah. It's a ton of fun. Anything we haven't shared with our audience that we probably should. It's funny. There's, there's so much to share about it. I mean, part of it is also a lot of people take their fests very, very seriously and they get dressed up for it. The fest will also give you, each night might have a theme. So you might, some will bring costumes by the theme. We doll up our, we don't really do costumes, mm. but we'll doll up the, the campsite with lights and with lay, the little Christmas lasers that you'll see people shining on their homes. We'll put those up in the trees, what we call fleas in the trees, because it's little dots on the trees, <laughs> tapestries, you know, most of them, depending on the, the, the season, how dry it is, people still have campfires. They're doing s'mores or whatever, but you know, it's, it's all your own experience and what you do. And so if you're thinking about it, you just do your research and you sort of poke around and see what's going to be there. But there's no reason the age is not a limitation. Finances, you know, for some finances can be a limitation because you're still buying a ticket for a multi-day event. You still got to feed yourself, still got to drive there. So there's gas money. If you have friends who are into it, you know, when, when we drive up and we're towing, we're splitting gas, you know, for it, we're splitting the cost of the campsite and then splitting food. You know, if people want to learn more. They can certainly go to on Facebook. It's road trip mojo. We have an Instagram that we don't service as well as we should. We don't do TikTok, you know, but we have a number of, and we have the website and it's Jeff at roadtripmojo.com. If anyone has any questions, always more than more than happy to answer questions. We post a lot of fun stuff on our Facebook, which is whether we post yeah. camping tips, hacks, uh, different ideas. We do lots of giveaways and lots of humor, lots of ideas, hacks, pictures from our campsites. Other people share their pictures. Other people share their stories. Um, you'll find community out there and there's a ton. Yeah, if you just search it, you know, there's a lot of information out there. Yeah. The Facebook page is a really fun community. I like, we haven't really done much in the way of music festivals for quite some time, but I love just kind of being there on the fringes and watching and seeing what people are doing and where people are going and winning bags, for winning <laughs> Ikea bags. Yeah, there all you right. go. That's one of the hacks you learn, yeah. as you guys know. I mean, there's there's all sorts of simple, simple hacks you come up with. And it could be a festival hack. It could be a campsite hack. It could be a road tripping hack. And that's kind of what we talk about at Road Trip Mojo, just trying to help people understand the camping scene, festival scene, 
And as I say, the the road trip in between that gets you sort of there and back safely and having fun along the way. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. yeah, it's a great website. I love your blog posts. They're they're a lot of fun. We've camped a lot. My wife and I have spent a lot of time camping. We we had a dog until last September, which sadly she crossed the the rainbow, as they say, after 13 years. But you know, a lot of our posts had been about camping with with pets. And so, you know, it's one of the posts yeah. you speak about that. We spoke about pet safety. And when it comes to camping, like music festivals, there's there's always fresh, uh, fresh inquiries and fresh knowledge to be shared. So it's it's a lot of fun. We'll get you guys out to a, uh, to a festival, too. We'll meet somewhere in between and we'll do a fun. Yeah, oh, yes, yeah without sure. a doubt. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. I, as long as I can bring my washboard. <laughs> absolutely. And that's the thing. You go to some of these bluegrass festivals and they they'll have picking circles. Like I, I went to a, a festival, oh, I went yeah. to a festival yeah. um, like a year and a half ago and I, it was, it had been a long day. And I said, you know what? It was, a, it was, again, it was a bluegrass festival, Spirit of Swanee. I'm not a shill for them, just making that clear. And I was sleeping on, <laughs> on the lake. Um, I, I was backed up to the lake and I fell asleep at like eight o'clock and I said, I'm done. I fell asleep and I woke up at like 11, you know, three hours later, bright eyed. And there was a picking circle going on at the campsite next really? to me. And I, and I just walked over. And there were some really good musicians singing both classic bluegrass and, you know, some acoustic rock as well as original material. And I sat there with them for like three hours to like three in the morning. And if and a guy walked up with his guitar and he sat down and they all tend to know the music, the same music. So bring your washboard, play, you got yeah. a harmonica, you got a you got a guitar, mandolin, whatever you sit right in. I'd usually, I usually sometimes bring my my bongos or my cajon uh, with and sit in and it's just, oh, yeah, just some. Some final tips. It's all ages. Don't let either youth or age, you know, seniority, so to speak, make you feel that I, I don't fit in. I won't fit in. No one's going to make you feel badly or make you feel out of place. You have to be open to the experience. You can read up to know what you need to bring. And typically with many of these festivals, some you can't leave, some you can, but typically there's a Walmart within five to 15 miles of wherever you are that if you forget something <laughs> from your tent to your food, to a, you know, a little stove to cook on to, you know, most, most of them will have much of what you need, including food, but there's always vendors and always support the vendors, you know, whether it's merchandise you want to buy or yeah. food you want to buy, support the vendors because that's where they're making their living. So whether it's the guys with the beer cart, tub full of you know iced beer or soda or gatorade or water learn before you go and then dive in with an open mind and it's a lot of fun and also i would love people who who hear this this podcast to report back and share any tips that they have because we're always looking to yeah. to add to our yeah, knowledge our library sure. knowledge so it's great it's a lot of fun i appreciate being on board and be able to share this information with you and your listeners well we yeah. super appreciate you taking the time to do that and yeah. You told me that you wouldn't really be surprised by this. So <laughs> do you want to share with us your best camping memory? I appreciate that. There's a couple that come to mind. I jokingly say the best camping memory is the most recent camping memory. Wherever I just was is the one that's most fresh. Oh. And we've had a, lot, had a lot of those. But the best was I used to fish. And those in, in South and Central Florida may know the campground. It's called Fish Eating Creek. It's, it was private land, um, has a creek called fish eating creek that feeds 
from Lake Okeechobee down to, to Southwest Florida runs in that it's the same general watershed. And I grew up in the seventies and we would tent camp there. It was back when you could swim in fish eating Creek. In the seventies, the alligators uh, were extremely endangered. <laughs> and so you could swim fish eating Creek. They had rope swings and you could swim across the Creek to the other side, whatever. Now oh. you don't, now you don't swim fish eating Creek. You'll see bull gators grunting uh-huh. on the side. Yeah. You don't do that, but that's, that's, <laughs> Yeah. And so those are the memories that's, and that's what, you know, my wife grew up camping with her parents. They had trailers and she grew up camping with them. And that's how most people get into camping is they remember doing it as kids. So the best memories are whether it's the festival you did or the camping you did this past weekend and just cutting up with friends and having a good time or the stuff of war, you know, that you just remember, you know, from way back and how, how fun it was. And so those are some great experiences. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And how about your worst camping memory? Thankfully, knocking wood of my kitchen table here, um, we've had we've had no horror stories. We've had we were leaving for a camping trip to a music festival, to a bluegrass festival about a month and a half ago. And the moment we hit the highway, the check engine light came on. And so we were close enough to home to turn around and go back. And I eventually I, I needed essentially a tune-up, but I was able to borrow Barry's truck and we were able to go through. So we've not had any of those. We have been in festivals. We were speaking to this Lockin festival years ago, twice we were there and they had major storms move through while we were there. And one, we were there and, and it didn't end up bad. I mean, these are first world problems of the highest order. So I just want to make clear, it's not been anything, you know, anything horrible, but where you're stuck in the camper, and you're wondering whether you need to leave the camper and seek shelter because storms are coming through. We, my wife and I were camping in South Carolina when I, it was, I don't know if it was Irma. It was like a couple, two or three years ago. It might've been Hurricane Irma came through and we thought we were coming South on our way home. We either go through Atlanta. We thought Irma was coming across, but we went East and went through South Carolina and the storm front went right over us. And there we're watching the, the, the TV weathercaster saying, tornado warnings here, 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 and here. And we're like, what are we going to do? We, we lived and (laughs) for us, it's been weather that has been scary, but, but worse, we really not had, we've been scared off to our cars when they said there's bad weather coming through, get out of your tent and go to your car. And we've done, we've done tent, you know, tent camping and festivals. I think the worst that I think anybody can, can agree on who tent camps is being tucked in, And, you know, going to bed, tucked in, and it's like in the 30s, the low 40s, you're snug as a bug, you're warm as can be, and your bladder says, hello, and you forget the people. (laughs) So those those are the bad experiences. And I think, but but again, you fail on that one once, meaning you got to get up and go out. (laughs) You'll never forget that again. So, you know, but it's, but it's all been great. And, and none of these have anything to do with festivals. You know, I've never had a bad experience with a festival that things come and go and and incidents may happen, but nothing that, that jeopardizes, you know, sort of health or safety, just stuff that becomes awkward or man, I can't believe I forgot X or I left whatever. I left that bottle of scotch back on the kitchen counter. Ah! (laughs) Exactly. So, you know, they've all been fun and I welcome people to, you know, if, if, if your listeners have any experiences or learning experiences that that they want to share, we're always game to have those as well. That sounds good. Sounds great. Yeah. 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 Well, Jeff, thank you so much for your time and for what you do. And, uh, 
we look forward to hopefully catching you at a music festival yes. in the future. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. If you find you if you find yourselves on the East Coast, and again, anyone who asks uh, would be glad to to share what we know about local fest going off. But if you find you guys find yourselves back east, as it were, and uh, want to sh- you know have a festival in mind, love to share some ideas, and we'll hit you guys. We'll see you up out on the uh, on the open road. Yeah, sounds, that sounds great. Terrific. Wonderful. Right. Thank, Thank you. you. I appreciate it. Thanks. Now. So, do you want to go and hear some music? Does that make you all excited I for... I totally do. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, we wanted to share that if you haven't looked at the Stressless Camping website of late, know that we have done our best to make it really easy to find things. And for a lot of our listeners, you've expressed to us that you're newer RVers. So we built an RV basics section of the website with articles and podcasts and videos that we hope will help you. There are sections about RV safety, RV basics, towing, which has a towing calculator, and more. So if you know somebody who's a new RVer, point them to stresslesscamping.com and have them look through all the articles and videos and podcasts in the (laughs) RV basics section. So hopefully making camping easier has become easier by rearranging the website a little bit and trying to make it an easier thing to navigate while you are learning easier ways to navigate. Wow, it's like stressless, (laughs) stressless camping. Stressless, stressless. Yeah, hot diggity dog. Well, we went to see a famous engineer. Well, sort of. Kind of. We went to learn more about a famous engineer. Yeah, but not the kind who is putting in master vault systems, but who was driving a train. That's right. We went to the Casey Jones Village, which is in Jackson, Tennessee. There's a Casey Jones Museum and his home that you can tour through the home and the museum. And there's also, we went to the breakfast buffet, which was oh yummy. Yeah, and, (laughs) and just so many things. And it's funny to me, that breakfast buffet was $10.99 for all you can yes. eat. And, and there were so many choices. And the lady at the front, I said, man, $10.99. She goes, I know it's expensive. But and I'm thinking, <laughs> no, it's that's what you, you could go to McDonald's and get terrible food. Right. Or you could go here and have all these great choices. Especially those local favorites like fried bologna. Mm-hmm, grits. Chocolate, chocolate. What's it called? Chocolate gravy. gravy? Yeah. Yeah. It was really good, and it was a really nice museum, mm-hmm. and it was fun to look through the house. You so. could see almost everything. You know, some of the, the, of course, all the doorways are blocked off, and you just look into rooms and stuff. And sometimes there's a lot of like hidden areas that you don't get to see in a tour like that. But there was only one hidden area. There was a door, a couple doorways that seemed to go to the same place, and. I went back in the museum and I'm like, all right, what was that room? And she said it was a closet. So. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't know who Casey Jones, and by the way, that was his actual house. Casey Jones was a railroad engineer and he was known for being always on time, even if circumstances forced him to leave the station late. Right. He was good at making up the time and just known as a, as a first rate railroad engineer. And one time he picked up someone else's train, was driving it, and it was something like 45 minutes late. And Casey was on the throttle. He had that steam engine humming. And they said the last station he passed 
before the final destination where the train was supposed to be. Yeah. He was only like five minutes late. Right. So he had made up some time and. There were some people who said he may have been going up to 100 miles an hour, but who knows? Who but knows? That, that thing was just running. But well, unfortunately, yeah. there were trains on the siding that broke down on their way to the siding, unfortunately, and a couple of train cars were sticking out onto the main track. And, you know, you couldn't just call them on their cell phone because <laughs> this was 100 or some odd years ago. And so they did give Casey as much warning as they could give him. But there were trains on the track. He needed to be able to stop, and he really couldn't. So he told his fireman to jump off the train. Which he did. By the way, this was a passenger train. Yes. So the fireman jumped, and Casey pulled that brake with all his might, and he managed to slow down so significantly that, I mean, sadly, he died, but he was the only one who died. All those passengers were safe and sound. I guess the train did not make it to its destination on time no because there was no longer an engine but it's a good story it's you know tony is very very much into trains so this was a story we already knew but to actually kind of get to go see it and casey jones whistle and things <laughs> like that <laughs> it was yeah, really it was, neat yeah it was it was super neat and it brings history alive and one of the reasons that he became so well known uh, he became a folklore about Casey Jones is songs were written and the engineer who jumped surprisingly only had cuts and very minor injuries and lived to the 1950s and told the story of Casey Jones. And yeah, actually, like the the kid that cleaned up the train, you know, between runs or whatever was a big fan of Casey Jones and he was very instrumental in making sure that Casey's story made it this much into history. Yeah, and there's songs, so you can listen to songs about Casey Jones. Yeah. Definitely worth going to, especially if you like trains. There's a replica of his engine there, obviously. His engine... Well, actually, they put it back into service. They did? Yeah. Wow. They fixed it. Hey, the railroad, you know how the railroad is. Like, the cabooses we used to own. Well, sure, but that know, thing they, was mangled. Apparently, it, yeah, but... Crazy. Crazy Casey. This week we also have a nifty gadget. Yeah, so we said earlier that it's not very hot here, so we haven't really needed the air conditioner. But when we need the air conditioner, and when we're boondocking and we need the air conditioner. Soft Start RV is a device that will help you run the air conditioner in your RV on less power. And essentially, the way this thing works, you, you have to permanently install it in the air conditioner right now, <laughs> but it's a really, really easy install. The RV that we have now, the Mini Light, came with this technology built into the air conditioner. Right. And it's a different style of air conditioner, but that's not common. So in the first Mini Light, we put a soft start system in, and what that enabled us to do was run that air conditioner using a small 2000 watt generator. Basically, the way electric stuff motors and things work is to get them going, it's sort of like waking someone up in the morning. You have to give them a big jolt of coffee, which in the <laughs> case of an electric motor is electricity. And that's a lot of times where your power need is, right? So you need a lot of power to kick those things on. Well, the soft start, changes that so that the electric motor 
gradually kind of starts up, which is also better for the motor and quieter. And so a soft start RV is something you can put in your RV's air conditioner. It's very easy to do. It's plug and play. There are some really good videos, including from our friends Eric and Tammy Johnson over at Techno RV. And you put this thing in and it makes a nice difference in how the air conditioner performs such that you can run it on a smaller generator or uh, depending, of course, on how much battery you have, potentially even on battery. So we really like the soft start RV that we had and it did enable us to run on that little generator back in the those days. If that's something that's important to you, they're very easy to install given that you have to go up on the roof, of course, <laughs> but it's a simple screwdrivery type of job and will change kind of how the air conditioner performs. It'll be better and allow you to run on less power. So as opposed to what Tim the Toolman said about more, more power, power. <laughs> this is less power. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. boy. Yeah. Hey, did you ever wonder what would happen if a Porsche and Airstream had a baby? <laughs> gotcha. Yes, you did. <laughs> it's just a little bitty baby. <laughs> well, they kind of did. Oh. So Porsche has a design branch to the company that does an industrial design for people. And Airstream got together with Porsche to kind of put together what would an Airstream look like if it were more aerodynamic and also able to fit into a standard garage. And so Porsche and Airstream did this concept. It's a one-third scale model concept, but it looks at those things and changes a lot of the way travel trailers are designed. So it's very aerodynamic. And of course, some of the thinking is if you're towing with an electric vehicle, having a trailer that just takes less resources to tow will extend the life but also if you have a gas or diesel vehicle, having a trailer that's easier to tow also takes less fuel. Yeah. I mean, it just makes sense. So it's more aerodynamic. It is a smaller trailer, but it also has a suspension that allows you to raise and lower the trailer so you can put it in a standard garage. Now that is coupled with a roof, like a pop top, like an old VW camper but the whole roof goes up and down instead of kind of at an angle on the back. So there's a pop top on it and it's got a big hatchback, kind of like a, like a 57 Chevy Nomad wagon, right? Where the top flips up and the bottom flips down. So a big hatchback on the back. And Airstream in their video was saying that they have some models now that have a hatchback and they're very popular. So they're kind of toy haulery and that's what this is. So this is a single axle little trailer. But anyway, we have a full review and lots of photos at our home on the web at stresslesscamping.com. So if that's something that intrigues you, what a Porsche and Airstream baby would look like, <laughs> check this baby out, baby. Baby. Last week, I asked, what are you reading? 
<laughs> and boy, you guys did not disappoint. I appreciate all the answers. We got a bunch of answers and I'm happy to know that a lot of you read like I read. I got some great leads on some new detective series <laughs> <laughs> and even a couple of fantasy series. So I appreciate all your answers. It wasn't, I mean, you know, it's not really necessarily something about camping, although, you know, maybe you do go to camp so that you can just sit and be off grid and just read. And that's awesome. I just wanted to thank you all for your answers. I'm not going to ask you to stop answering because more leads are more leads and that's <laughs> always great. I am happy to know that Ingle is reading Karen Musser Nortman's book series. Yeah, we really that like we those. Have recommended the Franny Shoemaker. Yep. So thank you all for answering and go ahead and keep answering on the fun and friendly Stressless Camping Podcast Facebook group. <laughs> This week, our friend Tom said, hey, I have a question. What is something special that you only do while you're at camp? Well, Perhaps it's reading. <laughs> yeah, that could be. And speaking of Tom, we had the good fortune of meeting and spending some time with Tom Taylor over in Pigeon Forge, where he brought us some RC Cola and, and moon, moon pies. pies. That's right. And so, those came in really handy. Thank you, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> we needed that snack the next day. <laughs> yes, we did. <laughs> but it was great to meet Tom, and, and hopefully we'll get to meet some of you on Friday here at the FMCA. But yeah, is it, what's something special you do? only at camp. Do you know that you can answer that question at our fun and friendly Stressless Camping Podcast Facebook group? Whew. And you can link to that if that's too much name to remember from any page on the Stressless Camping website at www.stresslesscamping.com. And that's also where you can sign up for our once a week newsletter, which is completely free. It is completely free and it has links to stories and videos and podcasts that help you get the most out of your RV experience. Yep. Just visit any page on the website and you can sign up for free and know that of course we never share your information and only send one email a week because we're That's enough work for us. That's it. That's the fact, Jack. <laughs> we're out there busy having fun. That's true. <laughs> While you're there, you'll also find show notes for this episode. 194. At the podcast page at stresslesscamping.com, which is also where you'll find... Deals and discounts for the best deals you'll need on things for your stressless camping adventure. Including the RV Soft Start. Oh, and if you've got a great deal for our audience let us know yes please let us know and we will love to have more deals and more discounts for our audience yep of course we are in all the social places and as mentioned you could start at stresslesscamping.com and jump off to all the social places that we are at the top right with all those funny little logos <laughs> <laughs> and of course if you don't want to miss a future episode of the stressless camping podcast it's free that's right you can subscribe on any podcast app we are saving you a seat around our virtual campfire. Oh, and while you're at that podcast app, you know that a review will help others find this podcast. And, you know, the more listeners we have, the more we can continue to get these great guests that we've been able to get. That's right. In fact, speaking of reviews, we got one from KY Camper or Kai Camper, and it's a five star. Thank you. Thank you. And it says, this is my favorite camping show. I love listening to y'all. We appreciate each and every one of you, and you thank betcha. you for those kind reviews. That's what we have for you this week. We We're hope going to, back to the convention. That's right. We <laughs> hope to meet some of you on Friday, 
And with that, happy camping! We hope you learned a lot and had some fun and got some tips for your next stressless camping adventure. We're honored by your reviews on Apple Podcasts, which helps others find us too. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss out on the adventure, and we look forward to your joining us next week. Until then, happy camping! Check this baby out, baby. Baby. <laughs>